Welcome back to a brand new series of Bold Thinking, entrepreneurial stories honestly told. In a world full of chaos, this is a podcast about the people making positive change in the world, using bold thinking to transform businesses and themselves. How much time does your car sit parked in your driveway or on the side of the road? I know for one, ours is there a lot. Today, I'm speaking to David Green, Chief Technology Officer at Lincoln Co., a Swedish-Chinese brand that's on a mission to change our relationship with mobility. David is a self-confessed tech geek, and as part of his role, he's focused on the connected car and developing transformational mobility solutions. Sounds intriguing. So welcome, David, and thanks for joining us today from Sweden. Really great to see you. Thanks very much. It's good to be here. So first off, how are you doing today? Oh, really good. Yes. Uh, beautiful weather here in Sweden, blue skies and sunshine. And uh, yeah, and it's clear. It's a wonderful place to be. So really fascinated by Lincoln Co. Absolutely love the story about it. So I want you to start off by telling us about your career and how Lincoln Co. came about. Oh, yeah, sure. So, um, well, me, there's not much to tell. I've... Uh, had a number of different roles in, I don't know, consumer electronics and, and then into the automotive industry because I really like cars. <laughs> and, uh, I worked, I worked in, in automotive for quite some time and ended up here in Gothenburg with Volvo um, in, a, in a team called, well, the Misfits, basically, mm. trying, to, trying to do some transformational change and bring new ideas forwards. Um, Volvo was bought by uh, Geely, and that gave us the opportunity to, well, start a new automotive brand, yeah. <laughs> as crazy as that may yeah. sound. We had a white piece of paper and and just brought all of the innovation we could together onto that bit of paper. And the, the mission was, and being serious for a little bit, um, the automotive industry, the car uh, as, a, as a product, hasn't really changed much in the last hundred years. Um, and hasn't really kept up with the pace of change in terms of uh, customer experience and and what is called digital transformation. Don't want to use a buzzword. You can ask me about it. But um, lots in our lives have changed, but we still transact the car in the same way. And there are good dealers and bad dealers. But generally speaking, the impression of a car salesman is pretty poor. Mm. Uh, and we had the opportunity to do something about changing that and reinvent the relationship, hopefully, with the car and and take some bold strides towards changing mobility. Mm. So what got you fascinating all this? I mean, I, we spoke about this last week and we were talking about passion and actually you came right back, back at me and said, it's not about a passion, it's about solving problems. And I went, brilliant, love that. So tell us a bit about the problem that you believe you solved. Well, first things first, most people treat the car as a as a a form of mobility and it's more than that cars for humanity have really opened up the ability to to go places to meet people to i don't know uh, get out of the town you were born in and all of these sort of things but actually that we're sort of running out of space for all the cars on the road and congestion's getting worse and it's becoming more of a pain to to own them and if you take a step back and look at it through the eyes of where we are in the in the modern world today having much more of a focus on sustainability both to the environment and to business models things are wrong mm -hmm. yeah? and as you said in the introduction i shouldn't say this but 
you know, you pay all that money for a car and then you park it outside your house almost all of the time mm. and never use it. What you're really paying for is that moment where you, where you just want freedom on demand. Mm. So that's what you pay all the money for. But the, the, the expensive piece of equipment just sits there not doing anything. We thought we could put all these things together, right? So change your experience. So instead of having to go to a dealership and haggle for, a, for, for the right deal, uh, we just provide the ideal car as much as we can with all of the equipment on it, no choices, no, no having to make compromises or pay extra to get different equipment. We put all the equipment on the car. We make it available for a, a fixed monthly fee. Uh, in Europe, it's 500 euros. And um, included in that, you get a connected vehicle. So it's connected to the internet with a data package. Uh, not unlimited mileage, but um, you can drive the car um, as much as you want. Um, and we'll look after the maintenance and the insurance and everything around the car and make it completely hassle-free for you. And if you're not using the car, you can make it available for other people. You can actually share it out a bit like Airbnb. And um, when you share it out, you can make a revenue in. So you reduce your monthly cost. And we thought that that was the perfect car sends around, not doing anything. The experience of a car is not great. We can change both things and really start a revolution. I love it. When can I get one in the UK? Well, we're in the process of rolling out in continental Europe at the moment. Uh, we've just started uh, this year uh, with deliveries. So we've done uh, Sweden, obviously hometown, Netherlands. We're going into Germany and France. It'll take us a little while, but maybe in a maybe in a year, hopefully not more than two, we'll be in my home country. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I absolutely love the idea behind it. I mean, I, I quite, I do like the idea of the um, revenue return. I have to say our car sits in our drive probably about 80% of the time at the moment, which is absolutely bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, once you get to grips with the fact that really what you're doing, as I said, is, is paying for that mobility on demand, it being there whenever you want it, then you sort of come to accept it. But if you really do the maths, mm. yes, it's it's a, a lot of equipment that sits around unused. Yeah. So, I mean, talk to me about this connected car. What what do you believe that connected car really means for a customer? Hmm. I, I'm not sure the customers really care about the connected car. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say this. I'm responsible for developing yeah. the connectivity. What they care about is the, the things that it enables. It's, it's like your uh, smartphone. You don't really care about the the hardware. What you do is you care about the the, the new experiences, services, capabilities that the, the the apps inside give you, right? And with the car, it's slightly different, but um, you connect the dots. So we call it infotainment. But on your journey, you can get information through navigation. You can find on and off street parking or get updates on traffic situations and be rerouted uh, you get entertainment mm. so you can um ah, stream podcasts into the car Love or that. get radio from <laughs> around the world or um and you know, maybe be a bit more efficient so uh, get calendar updates and things like that and if you're running late send a message to your meeting so all of these things make the driving experience better but there's more 
it looks after you as well. So if you have an accident, the car reports the location if you don't respond wow. to the emergency That's services. Amazing. We can do maintenance. We can update the software over the air and improve the vehicle slowly over time and bring new applications and capabilities to it. And of course, finally, you can control the car when you're not in it. So <laughs> you can, uh, I don't know, check its location. You can check the fuel level. Um, but importantly, you can send a digital key to someone so that they can unlock your car and use it when you are not. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. I mean, I never rely uh, these days on my car um, navigation system because it's just not, it's not, it's not synced, is it? So I always like get my iPhone out, pin it on the dashboard on a little tiny plastic hook, which is always slipping off, try and plug it in and match that because I know that's going to save me 15 minutes and stop me sitting on the A3 <laughs> with a million other cars. So it just doesn't work, does it? No, you're right. And I must confess, I uh, it's a while ago now, but it, the journey of that started for me when I when I went out on the test drive on an early car, not, not a Lincoln Co car. Um, and the engineer who was responsible for navigation was had actually got a little piece of blue tack on the screen. And I asked him what it was for. And he said, so that he you stick his Samsung phone <laughs> on it. <laughs> You're responsible for the navigation. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a diff. It's harder than you think to get it right. What we've done is we've partnered up with Here Technologies, yeah. so they provide our our maps. We haven't tried to do it ourselves, um, and we also don't like really the idea of you balancing your phone in the car. Uh, not the safest experience. But um, yeah, as part of the connectivity, you can, if you've got an iPhone, it, you can connect wirelessly, use Apple CarPlay, and then you can get your Apple map on the screen instead. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we've just been through this um, and are going through this crazy pandemic at the moment. Do you think that's made people think even more about their cars sitting in their driveways? And do you think this is like a tide of revolution that's coming that's going to really affect the existing automotive companies? Because this feels pretty disruptive and revolutionary yeah i mean we're at the beginning of the journey you never really know how disruptive you're going to be and that and during the pandemic it it sort of shifted from you know people speaking to us were saying well i would never sh share my car out how do i know who's in there and what diseases they've got yeah, but that's true. slowly changed to people realizing that they've spent time in their houses now for months on end with pretty much no mobility looking at a car that sits in the driveway doing nothing wanting to to make better use of that and that's the feedback we've been getting which is good i think there will be a lot of lasting impacts from from this journey that we've been on and one of them i think will be more innovative business models better use of our resources bigger willingness to to work together as a society and i think we tune into that i 100% agree with you so i i want to ask you a little bit about obviously one of the main reasons we, we started this podcast was around bold thinking. The word, it just felt really depressing this time last year and it's a bit like catastrophes happen, but you look for the helpers. So we really wanted to do something that was quite bold and aspirational and also really sort of optimistic. So what do you think bold thinking means to you? <laughs> a lot of what we've done here has been take an idea that well, I'll go as far as to say it's been ridiculed on many occasions and with swimming up the stream and, and against the tide so much. But 
I, I think we've all been inspired by the belief we have that, that there is a problem to solve and that there is a change needed. Um, and slowly we've built up a group of people around us with who sort of share that passion. Um, I think, I think you know when you're faced with a faced with a challenge it's it's quite liberating possibly that mm. and you can you can push forwards with new ideas and and be creative and you've got less to lose in a way so I I think right now bold thinking is a is a great statement to make and a and a wonderful idea for a podcast I think we should all dust off our pipe dreams and brilliant crazy ideas and get on and give it a go yeah, I love that. So, I mean, obviously starting Link & Co has been an incredible adventure for you. What do you think is the most interesting thing you've learned along the way? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I mean, do you know what? I think, how do we put this together? So I think looking back, what we learned is how to, is how to make new ideas happen. Right, uh, in in more than one way. So it's almost building up a toolkit of how to how to make new ideas go forwards and coping mechanisms. So I, there's three elements to that. So the first thing is um, understanding how to launch the i launch the idea. Because as I just hinted, if if you have got a new idea, if you've thought of something different, then it's fairly likely that everyone else will think it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> yeah. And that could that could be for two reasons. One, that they've never seen or come across it before, and it's a brilliant idea, and and but it's just new. Uh, or it could be that it's ridiculous, right? Mm. <laughs> so you have to do the first thing you have to do is work out whether you've really got something good or uh, whether you've got something ridiculous. And the next thing is to not try and push push that innovation out. Um, so you've got to you've got to be a little bit resilient. <laughs> you, you tend to find that whilst you're inspired, the world doesn't necessarily work at your pace. And the worst thing is when you see think you've seen the finish line, and then you just find that it's a line, mm. <laughs> and the finish line is still infinitely far away. So being able to being able to get over that continually, I think, is really important. And finally, I guess remembering that you shouldn't try to solve all the problems of the world in one meeting because um, not everyone is on board necessarily. And it's a much better idea to plan the journey out in advance, not try and win every battle instantly, but sort of set up the dominoes and then hopefully push them down so things fall into place, being a bit more patient. And all of that together, I think we've gone through it at Lincoln Co for the highs and lows, the ups and downs, the it's all going wrong, we're never going to make it to the, uh, my word, we've just handed over the first car and the first person shared a real car on the road. Yeah. And then, of course, oh, my God, the app's gone down. What are we going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> it I, 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 we've had some brilliant podcasts with some amazing entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, you know, businesses, and I think that's so true. It's almost like I think people forget the joy of the journey 
and just want to get to the top mm. of the hill. And I think it was Steve Jobs that said, it's only when, when I look back that I, I realise all the dots were joined. And it's that sort of thing mm. where you want to get somewhere really quickly, but it's just enjoy the journey. So I, I love that advice. Launching ideas, resilience, I think is absolutely massive and uh, don't solve all the world's problems. That's a, I think that's three really good watch outs for anybody in business. So I, a fascinating question to me at the moment with um, politics and governments and stuff like that. I was reading a really good book the other day uh, from Doug Stevens and it was talking about the new roles of brands in society. What do you think people want or need from brands today? Oh, I actually, I really think that what's important about a brand now is realism, right? We've faked it so much before. A brand is like a personality. And if you if you put on a mask nowadays, it falls off just too easily. Mm. You've got to be true and and honest and fair and live your ideals, I think, as a brand. Um, and I think... I think people are more inclined to to get on board with that honesty and understand that nothing's ever a hundred percent perfect and brilliant, mm. but at the same time they want they want you to stand by what your promises are um, and and be real. Yeah. I think that by doing that, I think we can get closer to brands and brands can create a community around them certainly for us that's really important we we're we're going to have uh, members with a car and all of the responsibility that that comes with and members without a car we've got to get that community to work together so um, and the brand is a big part of being able to do that mm, i think that's so so true and me and David had a really good chat last week because I talking about his sort of um, tech experience and vast knowledge. I'm worried to death about my 15 year old who's always gaming. It is driving me <laughs> insane. Part of his uh, GCSEs and A levels is really leaning towards maths and sciences and stuff like that, which is quite unusual for me as I'm much more sort of, I'd like the word sort of businessy arty. And one of the things I absolutely love that you said, and that's going to lead into my next question, is that I said about him gaming. You said, yeah, but at least he's co-creating in the gaming world. And I mm. absolutely love that, that you said that. And actually, I've, I've actually got off his back in the last week, David, over his gaming. <laughs> so I really want to and ask you this question is, what would you say is tech's roles in our lives? Because I think that's a massive question at the moment on everyone's agenda. Yeah. yeah I, if I look back, my parents, I think I might have mentioned this to you, my parents would have said, told me to stop watching television, right? And technology moves on and, and now your son's, I don't know, whatever, Minecraft with his with his friends. And, uh, and you're right. Television was one way and at least my, Minecraft now is a community and he's talking to his friends and building stuff together. What is tech's role, though? What, well, what, what should tech's role be? I think it's to make life easier, better, give us more free time and fade into the background so that you don't really notice it. Yeah. <laughs> That's where technology is good. Tech, what is technology? So, uh, and uh, I have to say, I was smart. What did you say? Vast knowledge. Crikey, I hope my colleagues don't hear that. Uh, well, te- way more te- than mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah. Once upon a time, technology was a stick, right? 10,000 yeah. years ago or whatever it is. And people turn a stick into a 
spear and then that's high technology. And of course that spear enables you to, I don't know, hunt better or make a fire or whatever it is. Uh, and as, as humanity has progressed, we found better and better ways of making our lives easier. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what technology does. Uh, and I think, um, and maybe it was uh, Steve Jobs, just to mention him again, that, that really started this transformation. But I think what's coming together now is that um, the technology and user experience are being paired together. Right. So digital revolution is more about getting processes to be great customer experiences in the digital space can be repeated consistently. But you have to have that really great experience first. Um, and then when you can get I don't know, washing machines and cookers and uh, showing my age video recorders, mm. we're almost impossible to use no matter how vast your knowledge mm. is. But now, nowadays that's changing. And then, as I say, the technology can fade into the background and our lives just get better, easier. We have more free time. We connect with our friends more easily. You can speak to people on the other side of the world without thinking about it. Mm. It's interesting. I was on the um, jumping on the train on the way in today and I was on the platform, I reckon, with about 30 people and everybody was looking at their phone. And it reminded mm. me a bit of that film, um, um, Wally, where everybody just goes sort of tech crazy. Does that worry you a little bit, or do you feel like we're we're going to rein that back in as as human beings? It it is a bit sad. The worst the worst is a restaurant. You know, you can go out with your family. I've got two boys. You sit down in a restaurant, and the conversation dies in seconds as soon as they've got their phones in their hands. <laughs> but I think it's our everyone's responsibility to put the phone down. Mm. That we should do, um, but I oh, well, cranky. The, are we going to have phones forever? Mm, I don't think Ooh, so. It'll yeah. change. What's next? Um, hmm. Uh, or, uh, mixed reality glasses. There you go. Yeah. That that'll be the next big yeah. thing. And then then we'll be able to walk around with our heads up instead of looking at our hands. <laughs> So how optimistic are you and what's it going to take for a brand to thrive in the future, do you feel? How optimistic? I am uh, born optimistic. I think you you, you, have to be, <laughs> you have to be to take so many setbacks. Uh, so probably saying that I'm you're very optimistic about the Lincoln Go brand's future is, is uh, a little bit empty, but I am. Um, I think I think to be successful, you have to be able to adapt really quickly, like as in really quickly. Things change at the moment so, so fast. Our capabilities uh, are evolving so rapidly. And then because innovation really is open, mm. you you don't have to have a corporate pitch to develop an app and get it out into the world and create a new service. Anyone can almost do it. So because of that speed and capability of change, then if you've, you've got to be able to sit back, look at what the future might hold, take some risks, gamble a little bit, try to jump ahead. Um, and to do that, I think, what, what do we need to do? Well, we need to really genuinely listen to what the customer 
wants and needs and the feedback mm. that they give you to try and predict where they're going to be in the future. So how do you do that? So, Link yeah. and Co, how do you listen to people's feedback? Is that a process, a data collection? How does it work? Oh, God, you make it sound so dry. Is it a process? <laughs> it a data collection? <laughs> well, in a, in a number of ways. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to just get away from that, is it a process or data collection? Sorry, we, sorry. We, no, no. <laughs> I feel like I fill in so many surveys at the moment in various places. <laughs> like, oh my God, can you just have a bit of fun with me? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let, one example, just to have some fun. Uh, we have put an app in the car. So on the screen, there's a little app, yeah. which we call the Colab app. And when you open it, it only has one function. You, you, you can record uh, an anonymous message Ooh. so we it gets turned into text and and ends up with a with a guy called Toma <laughs> and you can say whatever you like you can give us feedback on the car suggest a new application tell us what the weather is doing give us an idea that you'd like to see happen all of that uh, and so we get blunt genuine feedback normally from people who are stuck in traffic and therefore already a little bit fed up but we we take it all on board yeah and we do a little bit of open innovation and co-creation and all these sort of things and uh yeah and you know it, we we get some really genuinely crazy stuff <laughs> have a lot of time sitting down to try and work out what what the crazy stuff could become yeah i love that i love the way your brain operates and i like the fact that it's a lot more sort of instantaneous rather than sort of survey based so you know, when you sort of look back in the next sort of um in, in 10 years time what do you think the legacy you'll have left for the world will be with Link and Co? Do you feel like there's a legacy happening here? Oh, that sounds great. If there was looking back in 10 years and seeing our legacy, I have a feeling, and seeing as you've given me 10 years to play with, I have a feeling that certainly in cities like you're in at the moment in London, mm that this idea of of driving your own car with only you in it into the center of a big city and sitting in the traffic uh, with nothing better to do than stare out of the window, looking over your hands, uh, listening to Radio 4, not that that's a bad thing, that's going to change. Mm. Uh, what will it be? I don't know. But I think in cities, there's going to be autonomous transport, mm. right? Um, that's integrated in a mobility system. So, you know, at rush hour, maybe you all still get on the on the tube, but um, in the evening, you can just hail an autonomous vehicle. Mm. And what will be important about that vehicle is the experience and the you know the the ride and what you can do in in it. Not about the hardware itself. Um, I don't know when that will happen, but I think we're on that journey. That instead of buying a car, you subscribe to mobility and the mobility you subscribe to is around a, a, a brand and a community that you feel an affinity with. And you, it's about the experience you get, not about the, the hardware that you sit in. I think hopefully that from that autonomous, amazing future where you just wave a hand and a, an autonomous car turns up because it's predicted your requirement. From that future, hopefully we can look back and say, ah, Lincoln Co. was one of the people at the beginning of that transformation.
I love that idea. I, 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 I've sort of, I mean, I'm a massive sci-fi geek. I have to say, like, I've read all the books. <laughs> it, it's just bonkers. We've been, we were in this sort of period for a while where you look back at um, even that Back to the Future. It was predicting. It was actually based on, I think, last year, wasn't it? It was a flying cars and all that sort of stuff. We're not quite where it predicted it was going to be, but it feels like um, Lincoln Co. is actually creating a real legacy for the future as a business model and re- really reinventing a sector, which I think is just just really exciting, really exciting. Um, well, thank you for talking to us, David. Um, I just find it really, I could talk to you for hours and I've actually got a few ideas I want to throw into the mix off the record when, we, <laughs> when I speak to you again. I had a few ideas when we were talking there. So... Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening to Bold Thinking, entrepreneurial stories honestly told. If this episode has got you thinking, and I'm absolutely sure it will do, share your comments on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram, or you can contact us at hello at thehonestbrand.com. And join me next time to hear from someone who else who's making really great positive change in the world. <laughs>